is a tool. But when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. Continues. It won't be long before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only gonna get worse for you. Whoa! Take it easy, sweetheart. Hear everything they say, ain't you? Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? I don't consent. Every single time, it just cracks me up hearing that voice because I'm like not ready for it, you know? Um, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, friends and family to the, I guess not family, we're not family rated, um, to the Scary Sci-Fi Sluts podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Kai in Portland and my friend. And I'm Brandon from also Portland, Sandy, whatever. Once you're from here, you don't really get the difference. So we'll just yeah. But Sandy, Oregon sounds kind of cool. Sounds like maybe at the <laughs> beach or something. Yeah. Um, Sandy. <laughs> today we are discussing Batman or the Batman. This is, so this movie came out not long ago. Uh, release date was March 4th. Uh, 2022 and it actually just dropped on hbo max i think like last week or something and um, that was kind of the catalyst for us deciding to do this because brandon and i had decided we we wanted to review this movie because it kind of it fits into a lot of our themes so typically we do uh horror sci-fi related things and you know some thriller a lot of genre bending and uh this is definitely um, I think they made a horror movie or thriller movie without trying to make a horror movie or like they didn't have, I, I just know, I, I don't know. They didn't, they weren't allowed to like go all out and make a rated R horror movie because it's rated PG 13. Um, but I feel like it shouldn't have been, I don't know. How do you there's feel about that? Real loose with the PG 13 there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some stuff that I'm like, Ooh, they got away with it by, you know, not really showing any blood and kind of like pulling back on a few other things. But like, I just wish studios would stop it. Like, I get why they're doing it, but like, yeah. quit it. Yeah, I, I personally would have enjoyed this movie more if they just went full R and like really committed to what the vision is here. Um, that That is going to be kind of jumping ahead. That's one of my criticisms is, uh, and I'll get into a little bit more um, but I, I do mm-hmm. wish they did go with an R rating because I think we could have got a lot more out of the movie. Yeah. Um, but before we get into our thoughts on the film, um, for those of you who are checking in for the first time or if you're a repeat viewer slash listener, um, you can tune out here or just follow along. Um, we will go in with a little bit of behind the scenes information on the, on the movie itself. Um, and then 
um, you know, discussing cast and crew, uh, budget, box office ratings and such, and then going into some of the interesting facts that we dug up. And a lot of this is like trivia stuff found throughout the World Wide Web. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> we went we went and we interviewed people, okay? <laughs> we interviewed Matt Reeves himself, Robert Pattinson, uh, Walter Hamada. Yeah, I, I shot DC. Pattinson a quick text. He's an old buddy. Yeah, yeah. And then he, uh, he answered back with just a dick pic. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just jumping into that here. Um, so the Batman released March 4th, 2022. Estimated box office looks like about $185 million, but um, I'm not sure if that's entirely the case. Because I, I remember when the film was first being um, developed, there were kind of like different talks of, uh, about what the movie costs. And so I think generally it, it's... Oh, you're talking about budget, not box office? Yeah, yeah, the budget for the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it looks like the range is around 185 million to 200 million is, is what I've found online. You feel like that's a, that's a pretty decent budget, right? Like I feel like that's, that's, that's pretty huge mid, compared to like in game or like one of those big bad boys. Like, that's yeah. Good. That's I mean the, the, the typical, decent. typical superhero movie and like blockbuster movie budget now is anywhere from 150 to like $300 million. Um, but if you compare this to say, um, Christopher Nolan's movies, for example, I, I believe The Dark Knight Rises. I want to say it costs like two hundred twenty or two hundred fifty million or something. Um, Dang, that's crazy and, compared. Yeah, but but also, I personally was surprised to see this number because um, I just I feel like it didn't reflect as well as the Christopher Nolan movies. Like with with his films you see everything that they use the budget on. Like you can tell why it costs so much to make because he did all these like big well, practical most of set probably pieces the IMAX. and the IMAX cameras. Um, that was a big, the, a big broke. deal. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about that? I feel like this with such a large budget to me, this, this felt like it could have been like a, it felt like a smaller movie almost outside of some things here and there. Um, mm-hmm. And, and a good. Yeah. Good, I mean, if you told me that a hundred million dollars of this went to marketing and 85 million went to Pattinson for his signing deal, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Him and uh, they probably paid John Totoro a lot for his, his little bit piece playing uh, and, Falcone. Uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Oh no, he probably did it for free. He, he seemed like he had so much fun. But what they didn't have money for, I think there is this movie or something else. I'm, been listening to a lot of other stuff and deep diving, but um, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, they were looking into um, what's his face? Shoot, just forgot his name. Um, the big guy from Super Bad, Jonah Hill. <laughs> um, they were considering him for the Riddler role, um, and I think he might have been either too expensive or the negotiations just weren't there, <laughs> or not funny um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> or or too funny. He was trying to make a joke out of everything. And Matt Reeves is like, Jonah, Jonah, please, this is not a comedy. It's not can gonna you, work. Can you not? <laughs> Go over to Marvel. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I I don't know. Like for me, my frame of reference for for DC post 
uh, I guess post Zack Snyder is um, I was looking at Joker and you can tell this movie is going for like similar themes um, and it's, it's very dark, just like Joker, but it also, Oh, is, the Joker. Yeah. Um, oh, this okay. is also much, much more of a comic book movie than Joker is. And Joker's budget was only 55 million and it made over a billion dollars, which is insane. So they did it right. Yeah. And I, I just, I was honestly just really surprised to see almost $200 million. And, um, so at, currently at the box office, because the movie's still in theaters, it's sitting at a uh, around seven hundred and fifty-five million or so, and it doesn't look Which, like it's, it's going to break a billion. Um, but I feel like that's not hard to do with the Batman, though, because you have a lot of fans that are already going to come out, and so like with, with the fan base as big as it is, I feel like you could have done a little bit better there. Like, well, it's either, also it's kind of a weird time too, like. I feel like yeah. it, it released sort of at the trail end of COVID and like, I don't know, I feel like people are, are returning to movie theaters and um, my biggest uh, my biggest guess for the reason this isn't breaking a billion is because of the, the runtime and I don't know if people are getting like Batman fatigue maybe because this movie comes in at two hours and 56 minutes so it's, it's nearly three hours um, and you I don't know about you, but you feel you definitely you feel the three hours. <laughs> I was watching this last night and I was like around the the two hour, two hour and fifteen minute mark, I was like <laughs> <laughs> start nodding off. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, um so I made it an hour in, fell asleep. Uh and then today when I was watching it again, um I kind of just jumped around to some of the big scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk more about like the the review and the rewatchability, but it's it's long. Yeah. So, so I, I can't help but think that maybe that has something to do with why the numbers didn't break a billion, uh, mm-hmm. because they can't get enough show times in, and maybe people are just like, yeah, it's like for me, for example, after seeing this in theaters, I didn't necessarily get the like immediately dry immediate drive to like go see it again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, one movie that I did get that and I'm telling everybody about this is The Northman which just came out hmm. I think it's the best movie of the year so far the second I left the theater I was like I want to sit and stay for the next show and it's so damn good um, I'd love to check that one out it's, it's insane and that to me this was kind of disappointing because I'm you know the fans kind of know by now I'm sure I've talked about it before I'm obsessed with Batman I've got like batman tattoos everywhere and um yeah it was it was a little disappointing to not get that that drive that feeling of like wow Mm -hmm. that was that was fantastic i want to go see it again immediately um that was a big letdown for me but moving along here um looking at critic scores and audience scores it currently sits at a, a 72 on metacritic which is which is really good um i think metacritic wise especially for superhero movies, if it sits above like 70, it's considered pretty favorable in, in the, you know, eyes of critics or maybe even like 65 and above. Um, And then the IMDB audience rating right now is 8.2 out of 10. 
over 300 something thousand reviewers and and that's that's pretty damn good too um Ron Tomatoes currently has that at 86% from critics and then 87% from viewers. So it looks like across the board, really it's, it's pretty consistent um, with viewers and, and critics mm-hmm. giving it ratings. Um, this was directed by Matt Reeves. And those of you who are unfamiliar with Matt Reeves, he's done movies like the, the Planet of the Apes sequels. So uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and War for Planet of the Apes. He directed Cloverfield, which... Um, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I was kind of like, I've seen Cloverfield. I love Cloverfield and you've seen the original, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like it's so different than any of the other movies he's done. Like, I don't know if it's strictly, strictly because it was just like shaky cam and it came out in like 2008 and the time um, period. Yeah. Where, where that was a big thing post uh, post player, Witch project. And then uh, another movie he did was Let Me In. Um, I don't remember if Let Me In or Cloverfield was his first like big budget feature, but it was it was one of those. And um, the movie is written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. And Peter Craig, he he's done a lot of big stuff too. So he wrote the Hunger Games uh, Mockingjay movies. He wrote The Town. Um, was a co-writer with Ben Affleck which is interesting because uh, I wonder, it makes me wonder how much actual writing credit Peter Craig has on this version of the story. Um, and jumping a little ahead here, the reason I, I, I think that is because uh, if those of you who are aware of kind of the timeline of the Batman being produced originally back in 2016, it was supposed to be written and directed by Ben Affleck and, um, also written by Chris Terrio and seeing the town in Peter Craig's uh, filmography just makes me think that maybe his name is here because he did some script stuff with Ben Affleck because um, they worked together on the town and maybe he doesn't, I don't, I don't know how much, how much of a hand he has in this version of the movie. So, so if one of our fans knows um, more than I do um, definitely leave us a comment and maybe, give us a correction or something. Cause I'd be interested to find out more about that. Uh, but he's also written stuff like bad boys for life. And then uh, he's doing the new top gun movie, top gun Maverick. So he's huh. seems to, he seems to have a good, you know, writing mind. He knows, he knows a little bit of what he's doing. Um, and then cinematographer. I love the cinematography of this movie. I think it's the best part of the movie, honestly. Uh, Greg Frazier, and he's he's done a lot of big budget stuff. So one of his first like huge projects was uh, Star Wars Rogue One, and I I think it shows like Rogue One is mm-hmm. to me the best looking Star Wars movie out of all of them, hands down. Um, he's also done cinematography for a couple episodes of Mandalorian. He did uh, Zero Dark Thirty, Dune. And then he he also, um, so he's worked with Matt Reeves before he was cinematographer for let me in with Matt Reeves back when, whenever that came out. So did he win an Oscar this year? Uh, I think he did for Dune. Yeah. I want to say he did. I'm not not entirely sure. They got best picture and like a couple other things. Um, they didn't, they didn't win best picture. I think they got nominated. No. Yeah. I actually, I didn't watch the Oscars this year. 
Um, okay, so then moving along, uh, getting into the cast a little bit here. We have Robert Pattinson, of course, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, a pretty packed front-loaded cast here. Paul Dano, John Turturro, Andy Serkis. We have one of the SARS guards. One of Yeah, one of them snuck in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barry Keegan. That's all to note. And that's about it. <laughs> uh, have you watched any of Paul Dano's things or were you a fan of his before this? Because I've never seen him before in my life. Really? You haven't yeah, seen I've, I've heard people are fans of him. And yeah. Like... Okay, you I think you have. Like you've seen Looper, right? No. What? Oh my god, Looper is so good. Add that to the list. Yeah, Lo- Looper's fantastic. It's a Ryan Johnson movie about uh time travel. It has mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon it has Bruce Willis and, and uh, Bruce Willis. Joseph, right? Yeah. yeah. And um it looks so- good. JGL, he plays like the current version of Bruce Willis, and then Bruce Willis is like the future him, and he like travels back in time, and a bunch of like crazy shit happens. But it's it's really good. And Paul Dano, he he has a smaller role in that movie, um, but he typically plays like similar characters, kind of like the wimpy, whiny, like pathetic dude. Um, and he was in like Bruce Willis. <laughs> And you got to be a little more, a little more high pitched. Um, you've seen Prisoners, though, right? Hugh Jackman, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a yeah, Denis Villeneuve movie. Yeah, Paul Dano's in there. Yeah, he's the kidnapper. Or like yeah, the... damn, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, such a good movie. Really messed up, but really, really good. Um, and then a couple other things he's been in, like There Will Be Blood. Um, hmm. and that's all I can think of off, off the top of my head. Um, but now let's move along to some interesting behind the scenes stuff. And there's a lot when you're Brandon, Batman. I'll, I'll let you kick it off. All right. Um, so a lot of this is going to be centered around Robert Pattinson, obviously, um, uh, cause he was the biggest news behind this movie. Um, his screen test and audition took place while he was shooting Tenet uh, in Los Angeles, uh, which obviously was you know directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I remember um, this too. He, he he like lied about uh, what, yeah. what he had to do, where why he had to leave the set. So he said he had a family emergency, and as soon as he said it, uh, Nolan goes, "You're doing the Batman audition, aren't you?" So. <laughs> He knew immediately. Um, you can't sneak anything past Nolan. Yeah. Imagine uh, being a fly on the wall during that conversation. <laughs> you know, Chris, Chris Nolan's probably like, you, you fucking kidding me. Are you, are you fucking kidding? I directed Batman. Uh, when Pattinson was told that he won the role of Batman a day before principal photography for Tenet began, he was surprised that Nolan also knew and congratulated him immediately. So... He obviously Nolan is in the loop of yeah. everything. Yeah, of um, course. Uh, Pattinson revealed that while auditioning for the role, he sneakily took a selfie in the bat suit, just as I meant to. This didn't work out, which is hilarious um, because I've got a couple more things about Matt Reeves, but um, Matt Reeves' whole picture behind the Batman, he wrote the whole thing centered around Robert Pattinson. So he wanted mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he um, knew. 
So it's kind of funny that Pattinson thought that like he might not get it or um, he was worried. <laughs> Wouldn't that be way. so funny though if like Matt Reeves built this entire vision around Robert Pattinson and then when Robert Pattinson showed up, he like completely biffs the, the fucking audition <laughs> he's like, and he's yeah. like, oh shit, I got to rewrite the movie. <laughs> I guess Jonah Hill's going to be Batman. <laughs> um, so he, audash- he auditioned using Val Kilmer's uh, bat suit, but he had to use... Um, George Clooney's cowl because his head is too big. Um, which oddly that enough, big head. The, <laughs> Christian Bale also used uh, Val Kilmer's bat suit, um, but including Val Kilmer's cowl. So he used the whole suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, tiny head, small head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reeves was devastated when he saw that Robert Pattinson was going to be starring in Tenet because he thought that the time would conflict and he wouldn't be able to play Batman. Um, he would just go back in time. Yeah. Uh, he was also unsure if he would even be willing to do it because he was doing a lot of indie films up until that point. Pattinson yeah. was kind of done doing the Hollywood thing after Twilight. Um, so he wasn't too sure if uh, he'd be even down for this. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty surprised to see him because I, I think I read something um, a while ago of him saying that in an interview, like he didn't want to do any more like long contract, big budget things. He just wanted to focus on like more more art house things, which he had been doing and getting a, a, you know, yeah. critical acclaim for. Which so jumping forward a little bit, I've read some things on the Internet about how he might not be coming back for Batman 2 and that they might actually be doing Batfleck again. Is this no. all fake? No, he's coming back. He's coming. There's no with, way. With people the amount, of, him. the amount of cabbage he's getting, he's coming back. I don't think he needs it. <laughs> no, um, no celebrities, no actors need more money unless you're Nicolas Cage and you buy islands and shit and you're like a hundred million thousand dollars in debt or whatever so he has to act in 12 movies i can't wait to go see that movie the unbearable i am so we should go see it yeah i'm so stoked um anyway uh oh actually before we before we move on i gotta that makes me think of (laughs) i gotta show you this that i so i went to the portland uh night market last night and i Scott, I saw this and I just I couldn't resist. So those of you who don't know, I am a Nicolas Cage fanatic. Um, I love him and he loves me and we are meant to be. Um, so prepare yourselves. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god, the stupid ring light. My, my stupid light is like I don't know how to get it out. But look at that! Is that not the best thing ever? Jesus, yeah, that's intense. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, There's a map on the back of the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. That's a terrible cage impression. I'll work on it. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. All right, anyways. So, the original concept we've talked about already was supposed to be Ben Affleck uh, to star and direct. Uh, and the villain of the film was going to be Deathstroke, played by Joe Manganiello. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe we're not getting that. That's like, it breaks it my heart. Amazing. Uh, Matt Reeves had actually enjoyed the original script that Ben Affleck um, 
had been preparing, comparing it to a James Bond film. However, he opted not to use it and he wanted to make a more noir detective driven story. I would love to see the, like the idea that they had of like, kind of, I imagine like them jumping across buildings, like a lot of like parkour and like- It'd be essentially um, the the Batman Arkham games, Arkham Origins, where- Yeah. Amazing fight you have with Deathstroke. And I just, I still, I will hope to the day that that I die that we will get to see. And the craziest thing is, Joe Manganiello was attached to that the Deathstroke movie, and Gareth Evans was supposed to direct. And Gareth Evans, for those of you who don't know, he did the Raid movies, um, which are the most brutal, violent, amazing Indonesian martial arts films. They're like so brutal, it's almost horror, and <laughs> amazing fight scenes, amazing choreography. And he was set to direct, and it was the perfect pair. But then DC had to go and fuck everything up. Well, Warner Brothers. Not really DC, actually. Warner it's Brothers. Mostly ben Affleck. It, no, it was, it was Warner Brothers. It was really? their, their meddling ass hands fucking with Zack Snyder's vision. That's what happened. Mm. But he also had to go get sober. Yeah. But if, if Warner Brothers didn't meddle into everything they that drove had happened, him to drink. yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> They, they drove him to not want to pursue um, that that part of his his acting career because it was there's just too much yeah, going on. I can see that. You know? uh, Paul Dano dropped out of the role of George Burbank from The Power of the Dog to star in this film, which I've not seen yet. People, it's split. Uh, won a shit ton of awards. So I mean, yeah, I, I hear it's really good, and I think you see. Benedict Cumber Cumber snatches Dick or something. Ooh. <laughs> You're like, okay, I gotta I gotta get out of this review. We're, I'm gonna go watch it right now. I got it's essential for the multiverse that I see this. It is. It is. <laughs> Doctor Strange's cock. Uh, Jay Lykurgo, who plays a hesitant member of the Train Gang, also plays Tim Drake, the third Robin in DC Titans. I have seen uh, that, which is yeah, interesting. I, I immediately spotted him when he came on screen. Um, mm. I like him. He's up and coming, I think. Little little multiverse action going okay. on, yeah. maybe. Uh, in case, this is a good one. In case Pattinson wasn't interested for the role or it didn't work out, the studio was looking at Nicholas Holt for the role of Bruce Wayne. I, um, I don't I don't jive with I'm that. Pretty sure he's the one who played Beast in uh, X-Men, correct? Yeah. I haven't seen any of his like latest work, uh-huh. but I don't know. It he seems too timid and quiet for it. Yeah, um, but but then again, but you know, we never know. You never know when someone's gonna step up and play. I, I was just thinking so. more just appearance wise, like facial structure. He just doesn't have like I would never picture him. He's way too thin. Yeah. Like smaller than Pattinson. He'd have to they'd have to <laughs> CGI his face. <laughs> Spread out the chin a little bit, add some, some jawline. <laughs> It'd be worse than the mustache gate. Uh, this one's pretty interesting. It seems like every director is trying to one up each other. So <laughs> the film has a runtime of two hours and 56 minutes, uh, 12 minutes longer than Dark Knight Rises, which is two hours, 44 minutes, <coughs> Better which film. is 12 minutes longer than uh, The Dark Knight, which is <laughs> Better two film. minutes. <laughs> and 12 minutes longer than Batman Begins. <coughs> also, <coughs> better film. Okay, there it is. There it is. 
Oh, uh, so they better cut this shit out right now uh, because I don't want to see Batman 2 come out and it's like three hours. It's and like 14 it, minutes. It's Snyder cut long. <laughs> I will fucking leave. <laughs> um, a uh, bunch of crap about Barry Keegan simply credited as unseen Arkham prisoner. So obviously there's been some, uh, you know, mixed feelings about the Joker in this. Um, oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, you got, we, alert, three, yeah, you got to say that spoiler alert. Let's, let's actually uh, take a second to talk about Joker after, after you get done with this bit here. Yeah. So Matt Reeves uh, revealed that in the Batman's universe, Keegan's Joker has had his scars since birth um, and his permanent smile is the result of a congenial uh, disease. It's so congenital. Yeah. I was just going <laughs> to, I was like miscongeniality. congeniality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Batman has already encountered Joker in his first two years um, and they have a history together, although he isn't calling himself Joker yet. So he's just uh, calling himself the loser with the terrible voice. Yeah, the man who laughs. Uh, that's about it. So, um, so let, let's let's so take a the- quick second to talk about Barry Keegan's The Joker. Did you watch the deleted scene with him? I did not. It was with uh, oh. Batman. Was in it, right? Yeah, it was them talking to each other for like five minutes. Was it bad? It wasn't good, and. The reason I think it wasn't good is I fucking hate this Joker. He not only is he hideous, his voice is really high pitched and like squeaky and squealy, and his laugh is downright abysmal. It is so bad. It is how did this make it past the editing room? How did Matt Reeves shoot this and think? wow, this is really good. This is really clever. Like this, this is my Joker. And of all the actors that they could have picked for this, like they could have even brought back, um, what's his face from Gotham, that dude from Shameless. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, You know who I'm talking about? The... Uh, yeah, the guy who who plays that Star Wars character in in the the game. Yeah. Yeah, Um, he did a pretty good Joker in, uh, gotham mm. but i feel like out of all the talent out in the world like this guy who had a very bad to decent role on a uh, eternals Wait, um, don't say any spoilers i haven't seen it yet um i don't know i see what they were trying to do they were it looked like they're trying to copy arkham with the makeup and craziness mm-hmm. but he just couldn't pull it off no it's it was so bad like he he doesn't look good he looks so stupid like i i get that they're trying to get they're trying to um use the the man who laughs representation but it's just not good like work on the makeup a little bit more like i i just don't know and his voice i hate his voice especially because at this point we're we're feeling joker fatigue like we had a great joker with joaquin phoenix which Mm -hmm. why they didn't try to get him into this universe it's it's, me it's completely it's it's not but yeah we've had we've had him and then we've had heath ledger jared leto yeah we're just not ready for another joker so like there's so many other villains why yeah. why joker why is they he in have this done a, like a mr freeze cameo or something like 
Please. something. <laughs> you just see Arnold in the very back. <laughs> what what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I really. So yeah, it was this unwarranted. Is the worst representation of Joker I have ever seen, and. I just I'm so upset that this made it into the final cut of the movie. This the entire mm-hmm. the entire scene of Riddler and Joker speaking to each other should have been cut out on, in its entirety. I, I just don't know why it was in it. It, it served no purpose outside yeah. of like this little dick tease to a Joker that nobody's interested in. He, he's so bad. Yeah. <sighs> Gets me heated. Really grinds my gears. All right. Well, why don't we dig into the plot summary and we'll jump through this even more all right i'll kick us off here uh, on halloween night the mayor is brutally murdered in his home by the zodiac ki- wait <gasps> not the zodiac killer the riddler no dressed as a zodiac killer he bashes the mayor's head in disfigures his body and leaves a greeting card addressed to the batman we're then introduced to the batman played by edward colin just kidding Robert Pattinson <laughs> through a Rorschach style voiceover and montage as the Batman and his bat symbol shining in the sky intimidates criminals all throughout Gotham. After beating the living shit out of some goons with white face paint, Bats arrives at the crime scene at the mayor's house. Uh, we learn that Batman has been working in Gotham for two years and has a partnership with Lieutenant Gordon, uh, played by Jeffrey Wright. Gordon leads Bats into the crime scene, despite the hesitation and frustration of other officers who really dumbly try to stand up to Batman um, (laughs) and call him crazy, uh, including police commissioner Savage. Pretty cool name. Uh, Here, Gordon and Bats work together to decipher the riddle left by the Riddler. More like Bats works with Bats. Gordon doesn't really do shit. I know. He just kind of stands around and is like, what's happening here? He owes a lot of money to Batman for the promotions he's gotten him over the years. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he's not sliding any kickbacks to Batman. The <laughs> uh, Riddle leads Gordon and Bats to a thumb drive. Uh, dumb joke. Uh, which contains pictures of the mayor with what appears to be a Russian prostitute. Uh, we're not going to use that joke, Kenny. That's Hey, hey, hey. Uh- <laughs> of course she's Russian. <laughs> Uh, coming out of the Iceberg Lounge Club ran by the Penguin um, The Riddler Then claims his second Well, in between this the He put a program in there so it automatically uploads From Gordon's email All the pictures So yeah, yeah all those got leaked to the press um, And then Kind of same time wise uh, The Riddler claims his second victim None other than Commissioner Savage So he was on screen for like Five minutes uh, after this, Batman heads to the lounge to question the Penguin, played by a giddy Colin Farrell, and he beats up the two twins from um, Teen Wolf, uh, <laughs> and he meets Selena Kyle, played by Zoe Kravitz. Okay, so before we move on, let's how about let's dive into this this front section so here of the movie, segment by segment, because there's yeah, a lot to unpack. There, there is a lot. Um, so the movie starts off immediately we hear Ave Maria playing and I'm not religious. So I don't know any of like connotations or context of this song. You might have a better idea than me. Um, no, it's more of a Catholic thing. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, 
And so we, we then see the Riddler and, well, I guess we start, we first see the mayor and he's watching like this, the news debate of him and the, the person that's running against him, Bella Royale. And then he walks off, off screen and we see the Riddler's hiding in the background. And it was really good, really scary introduction to the Riddler. Um, he well, looks... at first we thought we were going to get some Ra's al Ghul action because there's a ninja on screen. Oh, yeah. It must have been like a little <laughs> little Easter egg, like, um, you know, just tossed in there for the fans, seeing the kid dressed up as a ninja. And we're like, oh, League of Shadows, mm-hmm. maybe, or League of Assassins, oh. but no. Green Arrow? <laughs> and um yeah i uh, how'd you feel about this this intro to great Edward opening um mm-hmm. very good you know playing with our expectations like obviously we think that's batman up on the building like because it's just through the eyes that you see so we don't know like what and we hear the breathing what. like the, yeah. the michael myers breathing yeah so um, great expectations played with and um good opening overall yeah, when when he first is revealed, it's it's actually like in, intimidating. It's actually scary. Like you fear for the mayor, yeah. and then he just you hear his like loud grunt, his like scream basically as he brings the, the little carpet hammer thing down on the mayor's head and bashes Spoilers. his brains open. I just think it's a tool. <laughs> oh right, right. Um, although I will say, watching this the second time, so I was, I was watching it with a. Uh, with someone last night and she (laughs) i think i don't know if it was i don't remember if it was her or me one of us started laughing when it first gave a close-up to the riddler's face because he i didn't i didn't think about this until the second viewing but he looks fucking stupid like when the camera just was like close up on his face with his glasses she was like oh he's wearing glasses (laughs) And I was like, wait a second. He looks really dumb. Like, yeah, from a distance, hiding in the shadows, maybe he's intimidating. But like up close, he just looks like a fucking dweeb. <laughs> and and I, I don't know. Like, I started noticing that more and more as I was watching the movie. And I was like, he just, ah, I really lost my any type of like hopes or an anticipation or any like high, high, regards i had for this this character this representation as i watched the movie the second time i just started laughing whenever he was on screen and i don't know if you had any any similar feelings because like i don't know his like heavy breathing the first time i saw i was like oh wow that's really dark it's like Mm -hmm. because he like mounts the mayor and he starts like ripping the duct tape and at first the way the cameras the cameras position you think it's like almost sexual you know it like he looks like he's about to butt fuck the corpse <laughs> and he's like ripping the duct tape. He's like, <sighs> and it, I, I think there was some type of like sexual connotation there. Um, like, you know, maybe Matt Reeves is into some BDSM type stuff. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I think we also like the thing about this film being three hours long is it really gives you time to nitpick it to their own dismay. Mm -hmm. And I think we also have a lot of trailer fatigue because based off the trailers, like we've seen all these popular scenes already. And so that kind of spoiled a lot of this for this. So like if you're sitting there really taking it in, you're not going to have respect for the Riddler. And like, you're already bored because you've seen him rip the duct tape like a hundred times. 
Um, well, that that's interesting you, that you bring that up because now that I think about it, I, I will say that whoever, whatever studio built the trailers for this movie did a really, really good job because hmm. not only was I, I was super hyped from the trailers. Um, I was really, really excited to see this movie. But now that I think about it, if you just took everything in the trailer and expanded it like to three hours length, that would essentially be the movie. Like we don't really miss anything. Um, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Like they, they showed enough in the trailers for us to, I don't know, for the, for the movie to be like condensed into that two, three minute length. I think it did a really good job because yeah, like those sections basically. Yeah. It basically tells the entire story of the movie. Like you don't really know it until mm-hmm. you've seen the movie, but like looking back on it, watching yeah, it twice, yeah. I was like, okay, the trailers actually basically tell you the movie. And Very I think, so. I think that's one of my problems with this movie is I just feel like it, it just wasn't like, there's no, no shock value. Like I, I didn't feel super surprised in any type of way that I did watching the Christopher Nolan movies or, or the Zack Snyder representation of Batman. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember um, how many trailers I actually saw for Dark Knight Rises, if any. Oh, I remember seeing. I'm the, sure I saw the original I'm teaser. Sure I saw one. The, the the OG teaser that came out. I saw it at the opening night. Um, I think it was 2011. Um, opening night for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, and it's it's all you see is uh, it's Gordon laying in the bed saying with the mask on, he's like, Oh, you have to come back. Like we need the Batman. When that trailer dropped, it tells you nothing about the movie. You see Gordon in the hospital and you know that Batman's gone, but you don't know why. And it's, it's, that was a fucking phenomenal trailer teaser. Um, And it gave nothing away about the movie. Nowadays, everyone's attention spans are so low that like you have to drop everything within the trailer. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Needless to say, that that definitely adds to um, my scoring, at least for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, then moving past this, this initial scene, we're then introduced to the Batman. And I think this is the best part the best sequence of the entire movie this intro to to robert pattinson playing batman so we get this like uh voiceover monologue um and he's he's basically just saying oh i've i've been doing this for two years and the city's filled with crime and filth and and nothing's getting better and i don't know if i'm sending a message or if i'm doing anything making anything making any changes to the city and then uh, when he, when we see that like clown gang chasing that guy off the subway and trying to trying to beat him up and mug him and stuff, and then all you hear is the thuds, the boom, boom of Batman Such good walking, work. yeah, walking from the shadows. The way the music builds up in crescendos with him stepping out from the shadows, that is that is like masterful filmmaking in my opinion. And the best introduction to Batman that I, I can personally think of out of all the movies. Um, yeah, I loved all the details in this. Like, they got very close to him to where you could even see his boots, like, mm-hmm. moving, like, the creases. Yep. Um, my only complaint with the writing here is 
the let me pull up the note because it was so dumb um when the gang like sees him first yeah so they ask they're like who the hell are you supposed to be even though he's like i've been doing batman for two years now and then when he beats up one of them they're like it's (laughs) It's him him. (laughs) you the whole time it's so like how did how did that make it through the script writing process like um, I did read though that uh, when he beats up the first guy, he improvised the uh, I think the two extra hits and then the vengeance like playing it that way. Mm. Um, he wanted, I think his thought was that he wanted like the last thing he heard before he goes to sleep is the vengeance thing, which is so messed <laughs> up. <laughs> He's like, this dude's gonna be in a coma thinking about Batman. Mm, yeah, I mean, he should be dead. With the way he was. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. He's as much dead as Batman is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think it was a, the best sequence of the whole movie. Um, mm-hmm. Very strong start. If they could have ran with it, like as, as good as they started, they would have yeah. had like a 10 out of 10 Batman. Yeah. But it, it's interesting that you mentioned that, that part, that thing about the, uh, you know, who the hell are you supposed to be? And then they're like, oh, it's him thing. That's that's kind of how this entire movie is to me. It's like it has these great scenes. It has this like wonderful idea. And then the script just crushes it. It just like drops the ball entirely, in my opinion. So moving on, we get to the uh, the crime scene. And this I, I like this scene overall. Um, we, so we're introduced to the relationship that Batman and Gordon have. And I like that not many words are said. Um, like it's a very show, don't tell. And like you could gather a lot just by by the body language of Gordon, you know, leading Batman into the crime scene. And then the other cops are like, hey, hey, what's up? Like you're not allowed here. And just these really like subtle, um, subtle cues that I think was brilliant on the, on the writing side and the directing side to, to just show us and not tell us word for word, like, Oh, Hey, we don't like you, Batman. You're not allowed here. And Gordon having to be like, Oh, but you know, I work with him all the, all this shit. Um, just a good, really good representation of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I like that we see some detective work here too. Uh, oh, yeah. Like great detective work. There's this really, really good shot where um, I think it's from Batman's like boots or he's like, they're all, all the forensics team is trying to figure out like what's going on, figure out all the clues and stuff. And Bruce like notices a blood stain all the way on the other side of the room. And we just see it from the, like this very low angle of his boots walking up towards um, the spot where the blood is. And I loved that really, really good shot. And although this first riddle though, I didn't like at all. It was, Actually, I didn't really like any most of the riddles in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought they're really, really lame. They should have taken a page out of the Arkham Origins or the, uh, the Arkham Games Riddler trophies. Could have stole a bunch of riddles off of them. <laughs> right. Those. I mean, a lot of those are much better than the stuff in here, like Thumb Drive, like URL. You. Oh my God, that one pissed me off so bad. Literally leading to him to a website and him having to like fucking go on omegle or whatever and like type in stuff 
Anyways. messaging him on Chatterbait. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um. Uh, so, so there is. I think the best part about this this scene here at the crime scene is when, um, one of the I think the forensics people or one of the officers or something says that like the kid of the mayor found his body, and then we see the kid in like the other room looking really like traumatized and sad and stuff. And um, Gordon's telling Bruce like, "Oh, it's time to go. Time to get out of here. You spent your time on the scene." And he like makes eye contact with the kid. And again, so much is shown and not told here. Like nothing needs to be said, but the camera lingers on Robert Pattinson's face looking towards the kid. And you just, you even if you're not a Batman fanatic, even if you know maybe a little bit about the history um, or if you know nothing at all, you can tell so much from this, this interaction here of him and the kid exchanging, um, you know, exchanging glances. And yeah, there's a lot of emotion behind it and, we kind yeah. of get to see it in his past about being a little orphan boy without having to watch the death scene again. Right. Yeah. They don't have, they don't have to show it, but you see, and, and I, I give a lot of uh, props here, a lot of credit to Robert Pattinson and his like emotions and his face. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He just like, you can just see it in his jawline and in his eyes, like how traumatized he is and how much he connects with this kid. And it's, it is so beautiful. If only, yeah. The rest of the movie were like this. <clears throat> so we're we're going up the hill, and we're about to drop. It's it's like peaks and troughs and peaks and troughs, right? Um. Okay. Let me see here. Anything else about this opening part? Uh, no. So we can pretty much skip towards uh him getting turned on by Selena. Yeah. So I, I do like um when Batman shows up to the Iceberg Lounge, and. <laughs> What, what does he say? He, the, you the, know like, who I am? <laughs> yeah. And then he like brings <laughs> the other twin. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I, I do like the interaction. I loved, their, I loved their part in this movie. I thought they had a good role to play mm-hmm. off. Um, it was kind of like the little bit of comedy that they had. Yeah, I was going to say, it adds a, just a teeny bit of levity in this movie because it's not a comedic movie whatsoever. There's like a couple mm-hmm. chuckle moments, but... Overall, it's a very, very serious, very drab film. And I, I liked this little yeah. interaction here. Um, and so he he meets the penguin, or or I guess this is the first club like beatdown scene. And Batman just loves he just tries my, to fight everyone. He just he doesn't like clubs, is my guess. <laughs> like remember yeah. in, in the dark night, uh when when Batman goes into like um to interrogate Sal Moroni and he goes into the nightclub. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing, but really but cool. Point, good fight scene. A little bit better of a fighter and more of a strategic. Yeah. Here, um, here he was getting his, his ass handed to him a little bit. Like yeah. He, which is good. This is very Batman year two. Um, so I thought it was a smart yeah. choice there. Yeah. I liked it. And there, as much as I enjoy how the fights are, um, I think I really like I really like the choreography of the fighting in this movie, but I don't like how Matt Reeves directs the fight scenes. Um, so there's when he's in this nightclub looking for the penguin and there's like he's getting attacked from both sides. We get this like wide angle shot of him on this this um, platform fighting a bunch of people, but you can't it's so like far away 
that you can't really see too much of what's going on. It doesn't feel like intense, I guess. Um, I don't, I don't know how you felt about that. I, I feel like if it were more close up and like, like a single shot close up, kind of like a, in the vein of like Daredevil yeah. style, it would feel yeah. a lot more like brutal, a lot more visceral. But to me, being being that. so far away, it just the, the the punches didn't feel like they hit very well. Even though the choreography was was brilliant, like the way he was moving, the way he was dodging, and like using other the, the people's weapons against themselves. But I just feel like we, we just didn't get the full effect of it because it was, it was so the camera was put so far away. I I'm, would have much rather preferred us to be close up with the action and still well, have yeah, those longer goes, takes. This goes forward into the whole film, like. And I agree that it would have been a lot better if like we did get some more Arkham Asylum action of like, you know, him really countering and stunning and like jumping all over the place, like up close. Well, yeah, he, uh, he does. That's the thing is that's the thing that bothers me. He does these things. We just don't get a very good view of it, in my opinion. Hmm. And I, I think it all has to do with camera placement, because yeah. like if you go back and look at some of the scenes like this one, for example, and then much later, kind of towards the end of the film, when he's fighting all the incels, like it's the same thing. Like you can see the, the stunt choreography is there. Like the fight style looks great. It looks gritty. It looks realistic. Like he's getting his ass kicked from four different directions and he has to like uh, manip- manipulate and like maneuver in these different ways. And it, it's brilliant. It's really good reminiscent of the Arkham games, but just because the camera isn't tracking in a way that like makes it feel more real to me, it just it just doesn't hit. Like it doesn't feel like any of the the punches have weight to it. It doesn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I I don't know. And I I blame it on Matt Reeves and where he's facing the camera. But if anyone else has any other opinions on on as to why they if they feel the same way, please comment and let us know. Um, this is where Colin Farrell gets to steal the screen and he comes <laughs> one on, of many times like a pimp. Yeah. yeah, he's like, he's, hey, hey, what are you doing? He's like, calm down, sweetheart. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so pimp. He, he's doing his best Robert De Niro uh, impersonation <laughs> here. And it's it's great. Like, he's having fun. And it's it's silly. It's so silly, but it's it's great. It, like, fits into this world. And it's very Batman, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we're... Uh, we're introduced to Colin Farrell as the Penguin and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman at the same time and um, immediately you see this like interest that that Batman has in Selina he's paying attention to her because she's hot Zoe Kravitz is real hot but also because he thinks there's like she knows more and has a bigger connection than she lets off which also great detective work by by Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get to see quite a bit of that in the in the movie. Um, let's see here. Uh, I think this is around the time we're also introduced to Andy Circus as Alfred, and I don't know. What are your thoughts here? Could could have been better, could have been worse, I guess. Kind of just even keeled. I don't know if they gave him a whole lot to do. Um, mm-hmm. And it was also kind of just conflicting between him and Bruce. Like, who's supposed to be smarter? Who's, like, you know, the real detective here? And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I really like Jeremy Irons as Alfred. I think he's the best like iteration of Alfred we've seen, especially in Zack Snyder's Justice League, where we get to spend more time with him. I think he's he's an amazing Alfred. He's such a good character. But yeah, Andy Serkis just really didn't do anything for me here. He's like, he's not particularly funny. He doesn't have yeah. this like on-screen presence that you know. Um, oh God, Michael Caine. He kind of <laughs> he kind of just takes Bruce's shit, and usually Alfred needs to have a little bit more like punch back. He usually gives Batman a little shit, right? You know, yeah, Michael Caine and Jeremy Irons, like <laughs> they. Yeah, they have this like banter and Andy Serkis's Alfred just has, he doesn't have that banter. He doesn't have this charisma. He's just kind of there and he's like this sullen mm-hmm. old dude. And he's like, take my cufflinks. I want you to have my cufflinks. I played a monkey multiple times. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did not feel anything for this Alfred whatsoever. And then there's this random ass woman, Dory. Who the fuck is Dory? do you remember her who the fuck is dory (laughs) like i wondered does someone who who knows the deep history of batman in the comics can someone please tell me if dory is like some character that's that's from like batman issue 50 or something because why the hell is dory comics but i've heard that it's like a totally different lady so Mm. i don't know who the hell this chick's supposed to be (laughs) Well, whoever you are, Dory, you're stupid. Get out of the movie. You're old. <laughs> um, let's see. Anything else here? Let's... Where are you at on this guy? <clears throat> like you're jumping around. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I need to move on with the plot summary. <clears throat> yeah, we're on like the third paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> moving on. So Bats is immediately turned on by Selena after meeting her. And stalks her to her home, then watches her change. The creep. <laughs> she dons her infamous cat burglar outfit and heads to the dead mayor's house in an attempt to steal the Russian hooker's passport out of the mayor's safe. I didn't really understand. Maybe I missed something here. Like, why was her passport in his safe? And then also, what would stealing it out of the safe accomplish? I don't know. A whole lot of corruption going on. Yeah. Again, my this is one of my plots, my gripes with the plot. I didn't really understand what the purpose of this was, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Bats rudely interrupts her and slams her down on the kitchen table. If this oh, scene isn't sexy, fuck. I don't know what it's like. He's hard as a rock at this point. She's gushing like they're about to do the thing. And... I would have had some respect <laughs> for Matt Reeves if they just immediately did a sex scene this early or in the or the uh, you know the infamous like batman eating pussy thing you remember hearing about that oh <laughs> like superheroes no. don't do that yeah if this was rated r i would have been like if i was matt reese i'd be like okay robert pattinson now this is where you eat her puss <laughs> i think i think that's what he sounds like it's a little high-pitched um so they decide to work together once selena realizes that her roommate the russian hooker is now missing Selena wants to find her friend and Bats wants to find the Riddler. So he sends her back into the Iceberg Lounge as bait and she learns that the city DA, Coulson, is under mob boss Carmine Falcone, played by John Toro, um, under his payroll as, as was Commissioner Savage. Yeah, so as this whole puzzle kind of unfolds um, and we find out like who all's in on it, 
Um, the Riddler attacks and kidnaps the DA and straps the bomb around his neck, saw style. Um, and at the mayor's public funeral, uh, he has Coulson drive a car into the cathedral. Gordon and the GCPD tell Coulson to get out of the car. And when he steps out and reveals the bomb, as well as a phone taped to his hand, uh, the Riddler is requesting Batman to join him in a FaceTime chat. Or maybe his um, Facebook Messenger video. I don't, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Batman <laughs> calmly explains that he only has Snapchat and he can't FaceTime. <laughs> He's like, do you, uh, have, do you have Marco Polo? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a kick? <laughs> <laughs> are you on AOL <laughs> <laughs> so Bats shows up um, and answers three rules did you mean to put the diddler <laughs> you're supposed to read it bro <laughs> answers three riddles, riddles that the diddler I mean the riddler makes himself after after hearing and, and reading the Riddler so many times, I'm like, it just sounds like the Diddler, and it just makes it even more funny. <laughs> like, it makes this character even more laughable. Um, so he almost gets him free, but the third riddle, which is basically, who is the rat? Um, Coulson refuses to answer mm-hmm. um, because he's afraid that he'll go after his family. So he, he lets the bomb goes off. Um, Batman, like an idiot, just stands there. <laughs> yeah it's like he didn't he somehow he wasn't able to see the the clock ticking down while he was having this conversation i don't yeah yeah which we'll get into this more but like this is the first of many unrealistic injuries um how yes. he survived and how his full exposed chin didn't get like blasted off because he went like this <laughs> oh sure um yeah, that's stupid as shit. Yeah, um, but anyways, ridiculous. we move on to the even worse joke, the La Rata Lada. Um, and the informant who led the downfall of the previous mob leader, Sal Maroni, um, Gordon and Bats. Wait, you, you skipped a section here. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> go back, okay, go back to the diddler. <laughs> can't skip this. Uh, so when he blows up, Batman went Picks up in the GCPD headquarters, um, surrounded by cops, trying to unmask him. Um, but of course, they're only really trying to unmask him when he's about to wake up. They didn't do it while he's oh, yeah. conscious. Yeah, they didn't check his dick size. They didn't check his boots boot size. Like they did, they didn't unmask him. It was when well, he's waking up. They checked all those things first, and then they got to the mask glass, and they're like, "Should mm-hmm. should done this first. Mm-hmm. They took extra uh, time with the dick part. <laughs> Uh, so he's surrounded by cops. Uh, Gordon helps him escape basically by clearing the room. And then he kind of like whispers up next to him, like, take my key, punch me. I did um, really like this, though. This this scene, I scene. thought, was really good up until the point where Batman does his grapple gun shooting upwards into the, you know, the rooftop of the GCPD. And all 50 police officers draw their guns and shoot in an upwards direction where other police officers are in an office building. This is the most stupid fucking thing. How did this make it in the movie? Like it looks cool. Yeah. It looks amazing, but I mean, 
Does it look cool or are we still just copying the Dark Knight and the Batman no, Begins? It's copying Batman Begins. Scene there's, scene. there's a scene exactly like this in Batman Begins. Yeah, when he but, but the cops, <laughs> Yeah, but the cops didn't shoot. They were like pointing guns and stuff. But if, if I remember correctly, they weren't shooting at other police officers and other where mm-hmm. there's office workers. And like, it, it's the fucking dumbest thing ever. Makes me so upset. <laughs> second dumbest thing ever would probably be his paragliding um, falling through the bridge and hitting a car and somehow he's still not dead. Yeah. I, I, um, okay. So I really, I really liked um, up to the point where he, you know, he like got to the top and he's like, Holy shit. It's really high up. Yeah. Like again, a really good show. Don't tell a moment where we can tell he's not been in these, these situations either at all or very occasionally. And he's like, taken aback by how high up he is and he's actually scared and you see this in robert Pattinson's face and his reaction and then he zips up his little squirrel suit jumps off and it's really cool for a second like he's gliding through gotham city and stuff and he pulls the chute and i like the the realism of him you know having this hard terrible landing but then of course it gets unrealistic because Matt Reeves can't do like something amazing followed up by another amazing thing. He has to like just fumble with mm-hmm. something great and, and just have it just fall from underneath. Like he hits his head really fucking hard on, you know, the overpass or whatever. And he just gets up and keep in mind, mind you, this is after getting blown up with a bomb to his face. He does all of this hits his head and he's just like oh oh my back like spider-man 2 style my back my back and just hobbles off like this is the most ridiculous like take you out of the movie thing ever and yeah, I think this is where they could have done more of like a good five minute chase scene between him and the cops and him leaping between buildings. I don't know why he didn't just continue to use his grappling gun and like swing from more than one building. Uh-huh. Um, if they think- wanted to, to show him get injured more, they could have done it later in like a better way. Um, oh, he does get injured more later. He just stands up again. But I also think, like, given that he keeps getting these unbelievable injuries, and they, they've talked about at the end that they've alluded that the green poison that he injects, there's it's been the series juice. where Batman gets addicted to this stuff because it makes him feel invincible. Mm-hmm. So they should have had him inject this stuff, like, throughout the movie. Yeah, it should have been an actual plot line, not just, like, I, I believe it was an Easter egg of, like, oh, maybe Bane is going to be the next villain. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that could have and been again, an interesting plot line of like, hey, Batman does drugs and he's addicted to this drug. And he like, that's how he's literally invincible in this movie. He's getting shotgun blasts to the face. He's getting fucking <laughs> machine gun fire all over him. And he just walks it off. And it, it takes away any stakes for this character. It makes me so mm-hmm. upset. Um, previous iterations, like Christopher Nolan's version, especially you see how vulnerable Bruce Wayne is in the suit. Like he gets bitten by dogs. He gets stabbed. He gets cut. Like and he has to get stitches. 
There's yeah. like medical repercussions later. Right. And <laughs> there's none of that in this. He literally feels invincible. It, it's like when you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you type in the <laughs> the infinite health cheat code. That's what it feels uh-huh. like. Or like infinite body armor or whatever. And it's just so, so disappointing because they're going for this like more kind of gritty, realistic version of Batman. None of this is realistic. The amount no. of punishment he takes throughout the movie is not realistic at all. If he hit his head on that overpass like that, it almost felt like it was done for comedic effect. You know, did you, did you mm-hmm. feel that? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like a, a goof, like, Oh no, he fell. Yeah. Like I remember when I watched it in theaters, like the, the crowd had a collected like, Ooh, type of thing. And that's like, yeah, it just, what is your vibe here? What theme are you going for? Because it's not realistic. Like they try to be realistic one minute and then be completely unrealistic. The next they try to be super dark and super serious and like have this great moment of Batman being fearful of jumping off of a building, which is amazing. And then he just smacks his head, which should have taken his head off and walks it off. Like none other. I I don't know. He should have been knocked out in the middle of traffic. (laughs) Yeah. Especially after a bomb went off right next to his face. Right. (laughs) He's going to have so much CTE. So stupid, but um, we should move on. <laughs> all right. um, uh, where, where are we now? <laughs> okay. So okay. So the bomb thing. He so back to the Rata Alada. Yeah. So he escapes and then immediately goes. So he's not even taking a day off. He immediately goes back to the investigation. Yeah. Um, so him and Gordon, which they're not even questioning where Gordon's going or if he's involved. Um, they continue to chase down. Um, let's see. Wait. They they track down Penguin, believing that he's the guy. But then he's like, do you not know the difference between L and La? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Funny, uh, funny dialogue by by Colin Farrell. I, I loved his. He crushes it. How, yeah. His his line delivery is, is amazing. here? But. Yeah, the dialogue itself is pretty whatever, but just his, you know, the way he presents it is great. He's having a good time. Yeah. So basically, um, now they think that it might be Maroney, like it has to do with the Maroney case um, and Falcone's uh, rise to power. Pangles that he was not the informant and that Bats and Gordon suck at their job. Um and I think we get inside here like a quick joke about, you know, you could have pulled your punch and he was like, I did. Um, oh, yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Great interactions between uh, Batman and, and Gordon. So moving on. Yeah. They realize Penguin is not El Ratalata. And then they figure out it actually means URL, which is another really dumb fucking riddle. And this is where Batman jumps on Omegle and, and Chatterbait and is talking with the Riddler and he's like, Oh, was it the Bruce Wayne? Was it the Wayne family or whatever? And um, So then the Riddler releases on live TV that Bruce's father, Thomas Wayne was also not who he said he was and had ties with Falcone. To seek revenge. Riddler sends a bomb to the Wayne residence. And instead of blowing up Bruce, he blows up Alfred played by Gollum. I mean, Andy circus. And then, <laughs> I already said this before, but there's this random ass maid lady named Dory who serves no purpose in the film, but she doesn't get blown up. 
the one purpose she has is to answer the phone like oh bruce you're you know, too late it happened an hour ago would have been great if when he throws the bomb package it actually goes through the room and blows dory up instead <laughs> like if that was the only use for her i would have loved this film so much so so then it's like the room- what is this package <laughs> We see it in slow mo, like the envelope, like, and her eyes, like, oh. you just see Alfred, like, oh shit, <laughs> goodbye, Dory. <laughs> and then the the rest There's of the movie, a lot of- Bruce is trying to avenge Dory. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really good potential for this movie to be really dark. Um, but either the studio held them back or they just don't have the balls, but yeah, they don't even kill Alfred. It's a nothing. It's a one-off. Nope. Um, they sure don't. <clears throat> um, speaking of which the worst scene in this entire movie, the worst scene in any movie that I've seen probably for the, in the past year or so, Top five worst scenes I've ever seen. Alfred wakes up in the hospital. Bruce is sitting next to him. The first thing Bruce says is, you lied to me, Alfred. Not, hey, I'm sorry you got blowed up because of me. Yeah. No, hey, hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, you're waking up from a coma. Can I get you some applesauce? No, it's, you lied to me, you son of a bitch. And so then, then Alfred doesn't skip a beat and he's like, all right, we doing this? You want to talk lies? <laughs> he's like, motherfucker, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but the amount of exposition in this scene, it's, it's like all dialogue. You have the like uh, kind of dramatic, upbeat, uplifting music in the background. It's kind of sad, but then it gets higher. And it's just Bruce accusing Alfred like, oh, why didn't you tell me my family was so bad? And then I spoke with Falcone and he said, my dad did this. And then Alfred's like, no, nah, bro, he didn't. But this goes on for like so five minutes. Like, okay. Oh, okay. You're right. But it's, it's like five minutes of exposition and it is so ham fisted and so like corny. Like mm-hmm. this is really bad writing. Really, really bad. And the fact that we just learned like a couple of minutes ago of, you know, Bruce went to talk to Falcone and found out that his dad was a bad person or whatever. And then literally two minutes later, that emotional connection, that emotional weight is just flipped. Why is this a part of the story? This is so stupid. This is like, I'm, I'm at this point in the movie, I'm, I'm really starting to like look at my watch um and i remember even the first time when i saw us in theaters when i was vibing with the movie a, a whole you know hell of a lot more when i got to this mm-hmm. scene i was like this this can't be in this this is seriously in this movie i cannot believe yeah. that this screeching halt yeah it it really took me out really really took me out and, and, and then seeing it the second time too i was like i don't know if i could sit and watch through this entire scene i want to fast forward through the scene it's so bad and then they have the emotional, like, uh, the emotional part where Bruce is like, oh, I never thought I'd feel this fear again. And Alfred's like, what fear, Bruce? 
And <laughs> Bruce is like, the fear of losing someone I love. And then they touch hands. And then you see Alfred like have this little and tear. Then they kiss. And then they kiss and make love and have sweet, sweet sex. And it was just so cringy. So, so cringy. And if, I, I don't know. It just really, really like accentuates um, how much I hate this script. It really brings it brings to light like how big of an issue I have with this script. Anywho, let's move on. Little Dory doesn't get blown up. Selena Kyle then learns that Falcone strangled her hooker friend to death and goes to kill him, but Bat stops her at the last minute. But she was a terrible shot anyway. She must have went to Stormtrooper school. She was literally like point blank in front of Falcone. This is from my mother. So dumb. And then misses. So I don't know what happened there. Maybe she had to sneeze or something. But so she couldn't have killed him if she tried. Bats brings Falcone out to be arrested, but Riddler shoots him and kills him before he can be brought to justice. Riddler then surrenders himself to the GCPD by by eating out of Sherry's and ordering some pumpkin pie, which was hilarious. Well, he also made himself a custom coffee that had a question mark in it. <laughs> no, he was just like, give me some shitty latte art. And he's like, I'm going um it was i like the scene though i thought i thought it was really cool and um you get kind of a homage to a famous painting night hawks by edward hooper or edward hopper i think maybe it's hooper um so it also remind you of the uh diner scene from arkham knight arkham oh yeah there's there's probably a little bit of uh reference there too yeah um so he, he surrenders himself to the GCPT. GCPD is locked up in Arkham Asylum. We're going to face off with Bats, clearly trying to copy the Dark Knight's in, uh, infamous interrogation scene. Riddler reveals he has one last step of his master plan. Well, congratulations. You got yourself caught. Sir, now what's the next step of your master plan? Crushing this plan with no survivors. <laughs> JK, wrong movie. Um, Uh, well instead Riddler placed all the bombs around the city wait 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 hold up let's talk let's talk about this first let's let's talk about this this uh, interrogation scene how did you feel about it oh all right Uh, moving back Uh, yeah I mean I I thought it was it was all right it was them trying to do it their own way they weren't yeah fully copying it like he didn't slam him down and scream at him well he did scream a little bit yeah the, where is she <laughs> i thought for the beats of this movie um with like the how he like faces off with the riddler and then like that's where you could end the movie but then they kept it going mm-hmm. i think that wasn't a bad choice but if they would have cut more of the shit out it would have moved a lot better Mm-hmm. So, like, if they cut that whole hospital scene and, like, if it was all just, like, quick, quick, all right, now he has to do this. Like, it, it's really a stressful night for him. Like, he's really moving. Mm-hmm. It could have been a lot cooler. But having this break in between really just, like, like you're up and then you're like, all right. Now yeah, so, so I think that they, they were really trying to, to emulate what Christopher Nolan did with The Dark Knight because The Dark Knight is that way to where, like, there's five 
five times you could have ended the movie here, but it just keeps building and getting better and like topping it. And like, Oh, the Joker had this next step. And they tried to do that here, except for the fact that this plan felt so out of the blue and it felt so like, just like, this doesn't fit with everything else that's been happening. It's like, Mm so extreme it just it does not go in line with it he, he was he was literally like just hunting politicians down and like police commissioners and now yeah. he's flooding the entire city i i don't get it the the inception of plot twists that we have in this are so like are you kidding me versus like in the dark knight rises and dark knight or like mostly the dark knight with joker yeah when we had a plot twist in that one it was like are you serious? Yeah. I did it, not see this coming. It just, it had more, everything there had more like of a, of it had gravity to it. It had weight to it. Where like, mm-hmm. wow, this, this we're is like this. We're like, this are is you insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Side by side. And now in the dark night, you're like, are you serious? And then this one, like, yes. <laughs> oh, really? You hid that under your carpet and you didn't find it the first time. I will say this. Um, I, as much as they were trying to, to copy the Joker Batman interrogation scene, I did really like the tension here. Like, because at this point, Bruce thinks that Riddler knows his identity. And so when he shows up and, good. and Riddler's acting. like, Bruce Wayne. And, <laughs> but I, I love the, the shots um, of Robert Pattinson in the scene, because you see his eyes, like looking at the cameras and stuff. And he's like, Oh fuck everyone's gonna know i'm so fucked and really really well paced like well the tension was built really well here to their to their credit um i think uh kind of funny mentioned this as well Mm -hmm. we are at a point of batman to where like had none of the other batman films been made this one would be number one like but i think to their discredit like the bar is so high so i think that's kind of some of the reasons why like we're i yeah okay yes some yes some no like also like i still would have these same problems with the script even if i had never seen the christopher nolan films even if i'd never seen batman vs superman or or zack snyder's justice league representation of batman like i would still have these exact same problems i would have these questions about the script like this doesn't make any sense like why is this written this way this is written by a 16 year old kid or something that wouldn't change. <laughs> yeah. Know? I agree. Uh, uh, all right. Last bit of the plot here. Moving forward. Yep. So this is where he plants all the bombs around the city. Uh, wait, is this the Dark Knight Rises? Nope. We're still in the Batman. Um, the, Literally copies like, the, this the little red trigger. <laughs> You're right. It copies. It co- <laughs> <laughs> He's sleeping. <laughs> But this fucking copies oh, the Dark Knight that Rises. Was Arnold's Batman. <laughs> no, no, it's the uh, the other one where he's like in the he's hunting down the penguin or whatever. We're talking about we're making a reference to college humor or is it called college humor? Yeah, college where, humor. Where they did the skits of the Batman where he's like he like throws the battering and kills the dude and the penguin's like he's dead. He's like no, he's just sleeping. <laughs> um, but this, yeah, this. So not only did I feel like this bomb plot was out of the blue and just really ridiculous and like did not fit the rest of the Riddler's theme. But also this is a direct copy of the dark Knight rises where Bane blows up half the city and 
it just felt so derivative and like not not original. I was, I was waiting for the Riddler to trap a bunch of cops inside of a mine. <laughs> and then uh, suddenly Talia al Ghul would appear. <laughs> uh, no, Selena was Talia the whole time. She's hot enough. Uh, so he also inspired a bunch of incels at some point. Um, that was kind of a side plot. He had his he had a whole TikTok going on and they were big fans. Um, so he inspired them to do his dirty work um, to assassinate the new mayor elect. But of course, everyone went to stormtrooper school. So they missed too. Um, does this make sense? No, but it's cool. So <laughs> then cells shoot, but fail to kill real. Uh, in a final showdown, this is where it really heats up. Uh, Batman beats up all the incels. He comes crashing down, lots of theatrics. Um, but needs to take a little uh, suspicious green venom in order to do so. Gordon shows up last minute and stops Bats from beating an incel's face in. Um, yeah, the dude was almost dead. Uh, even though it should have... Let's see. Oh, yeah, it should have been Pulp by then. Yeah, he was like fine. He was able to talk after he literally Batman was like fucking slamming his face down over and over for like five minutes, and still he was like, "I vengeance." Like he was still able to talk. I was like, "This is I don't understand the realism here." You know? Yeah. So then Batman helps save the wounded uh, new mayor and the rest of the civilians of Gotham escape uh, the floods. Uh, he cuts the electrical wire at some point in here. Um, but it's not then, relevant to the plot at all. Well, and then he tries to steal Superman's whole gig and he's like, I need to be hope. Mm-hmm. You see this symbol, this bad symbol? <laughs> it means hope. I'm changing it to an S. <laughs> they had a, they have one last final embrace before they both drive off into the sunset, but splitting ways. I thought that was a really good scene. Um, really? I laughed. I almost laughed out oh. loud. Like seeing Batman with his full getup on this tiny little motorcycle, it looked so bad. It looked so stupid. I don't know. I thought it at least showed the connection that they had to each other and like the like just the the whole sense that like they're gonna meet again one day, but like they have to go yeah. separate ways. I, I understand the message. Again, I just like I hate what Matt Reeves does with the camera here. It it was laughable how it looked. Like I but let's talk about this last scene here, this last sequence of, um, you know, the flood and the incels trying to assassinate Bella Riel. How? What were your thoughts on the entire thing here? Again, I just wish there was more. I feel like he had good momentum and then like he gets kind of stunted by like he keeps falling off that damn bridge and he's like holding on for a shred. And then like Catwoman has to come in and save him and I just feel like they could have... She doesn't. She doesn't save him. That's the well, thing. She pulls him up. She helps but him I from one dude. One dude. They should have used that momentum and done more. Like, at this point, what we want is Arkham Asylum. And, like, there should have been greats for him to, like, jump down in and, like, get up behind people instead of, like, fighting five people and then getting shot by a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And that, like, stunts the entire fight. Mm-hmm. Like he came in real hot with the theatrics and like the explosions. Well, not to I mention, kind of wanted more. He was getting shot by snipers at point blank range multiple times, but it's the shotgun blast that really does him in. He showed no 
no like flinching nothing barely to these snipers at point blank range yeah if we're if we're going off realistic terms which is what they're trying to do Mm -hmm. the sniper rifles would have a way higher caliber Mm -hmm. and probably would have killed him yeah but no he just is why in the games the snipers are the one guy (laughs) yeah it's like you take two shots and you die yeah Mm -hmm. so that was very stupid um this is where there's like there's no stakes there's no weight Mm -hmm. there's no he's invulnerable like there's literally nothing that could happen to him like when they they try to build up this tension of like, oh, he's falling, he's hanging onto the rail and they're shooting at him. And then Selena sees and is like, oh, I got to go help him. No, he's fine. He's going to get his hands yeah. shot by sniper bullets, but he's fine. He's just going to shake it off and then climb back up. And, oh, a- and do you think he's going to die from the electrical wire and falling into the water? Nope. No, but it, it's like they build it up so much, like the music cuts out. And he does this big sacrifice. He jumps down and he cuts the thing and then falls. Why the fuck did he do that? Can he not throw his batterings yet? I don't know. But they, they just make it to like, maybe they should have, this should have been a one and done movie. He should have died there and then been represented as, as a symbol. <laughs> I'm serious. Like the way the movie was building up, like, you know, he's this idea of like vengeance and like revenge and, and like, you know, mm-hmm. anger. If he had died there, and then been a message, like in The Dark Knight Rises, he became a message, a symbol of like, oh, well, he died to help everybody. It would have been a much better ending. It's just a one and done movie. But no, he gets up after being electrocuted by who knows how many volts seconds later. And it's just like, why have this like big dramatic moment of him appearing like he's going to sacrifice himself? And of course, he falls into the water and then he rises and, you know, he's rebirthed. He's he's been baptized and he changes now from <laughs> from from being vengeance to hope. And it's so, so juvenile, these ideas. It's just like none of this is connecting for me. And it makes me so upset. It's it's just not working. Yeah. And that reminds me of more nitpicks on this of. I don't think he threw a single battering. And also we didn't really get to see any of his tech. Like he had the contacts, he mm-hmm. had the knife that he could pull out from his thing, but like he didn't have shit to use. I, I do like that though. Um, I did make a note about how subdued his, his technology was. It was like, it was like subdued, but at the same time, a little unrealistic. Like they're trying to do both things. Like, Oh, he only has a couple of things here and there since he's brand new, he's still learning. He can yeah. somehow have these like, recording contact lenses but he couldn't figure out how to do like a better flight suit it was just really inconsistent um yeah so i yeah i don't know well especially because we've gone away from like this even actually being year one this is year two so i don't know um wrapping things up what other scenes stood out to you or any other comments you have um, I don't know. I, th- I think kind of get into like your feelings of like, what are your, what are your big picture feelings? Do you okay. recommend this film? Like, yeah. So, so let's go, give me the, the nitty gritty. Let's go with, um, best things about the film in our opinion, worst things about the film in our opinion. And I think we both okay. kind of like given a little, a little bit of that already. Um, I think we can both agree. Best things are the actors. Robert so, Pattinson, he's he is Colin such, such a good Batman. Colin Farrell, great. Yeah. 
Um, I think they had great roots for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it, it just felt and- like Matt Reeves just didn't know what he was trying to do. Were you trying to go for this rated R serial killer movie? Were you trying to go for an unintentional comedy? And it, it just like, I didn't like the Planet of the Apes movies really. Like I, I didn't really get the hype. Like I never watched the last one, but um, me neither. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great, great roots, great actors. I, I, I think there's a lot of really, really beautiful shots. So cinematography in this is, it's yeah. gorgeous. Like there are literal like shots of the movie that I think are like paintings. It's it's so beautiful. Um, but then I feel like that's where our list ends for like positives. Well, so I, I a mean, couple a couple more things is I do like that they tried to go with a little bit more of a detective story, like a neo noir. Um, I did yeah. get that, but the story didn't reflect it as much as it should have. Um, and I do like how much time we spend with with Bruce and Batman. Um, we this is probably the most Batman we've ever seen in any Batman movie. Like, yeah. If you if you I compare mean... to like the Dark Knight Rises to the to the Dark Knight trilogy. The, the amount of minutes he's in the Batman outfit compared to when he's out of it, I think it's like you could combine all three movies of the, of the Nolan trilogy and it's less than the time in this movie of him being Batman, which is cool. Well, and that's kind of like giving them the pro that like they didn't do the death scene or like, the, you know, mm-hmm. that whole thing. But it's kind of like an expected thing at this point of like. Like with uh, the way that they handled Spider-Man and like the fans knew like what we want is we don't want to see Uncle Ben die again. We want to see more on-screen Spider-Man. So we got more on-screen Batman. Mm -hmm. But then like they just didn't follow it up with good writing. Yeah. That that is my biggest gripe of the of the film is I think the writing is trash. I think it's it's terrible. Um what what about you? Do you have any other like really negative things that stand out to you mm, yeah i mean the length <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, um, there was so much that could have been cut from this um i i did appreciate as much as i i, I another negative for me i think is matt reeves directing i don't i don't think he's a fantastic director um but one thing i did appreciate about his directing is sometimes he would hover and let shots linger for a little bit like perfect representation is at the very beginning of the movie when the camera just hovers on, on, you know, Robert Henson's face as he's staring at the, the child. And like, we build this enormous connection without any words being said shots like that are amazing in this movie. And there's a handful of them, but then outside of that, there's a lot that could have been cut. There's a lot that just yeah. doesn't really add any weight to the story. doesn't add any type of tension or drama to the characters and it, it should have been 45 minutes shorter, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. If they could have got this down to almost two hours clean and still kept in some of those, like, lingering shots and the pacing, they yeah. could have had a masterful film. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited to see what Pattinson can do <clears throat> in the future if they do incorporate him. I would love to see him work with the Justice League, possibly. Um, it's or not gonna, at, it's not gonna at the happen. very least a Robin. It's not going to um, happen. I don't think in this universe, whatever they're doing, Warner Brothers doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, but I, I have a feeling this well, is... Well, unless... 
unless someone else can come in and direct it like completely 180, I don't want to see another Batman where it's just this again. Like, yeah. even if well, I think if, uh, Matt Reeves has said he wants to do a trilogy. So it's going to be a trilogy oh, of just fuck. this. <clears throat> fuck my life. <laughs> All right. Well, he better take notes and redemption this shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, which uh, sometimes, one thing, sometimes it happens. One thing um, that I, I realized we forgot to talk about, and I guess that kind of shows a little bit. Um, what did you feel about Jeffrey Wright as Gordon? Oh, I liked him. You did. I Why? Mean, uh, I thought he just played well with Pattinson, the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I I agree. I think we talked about it a few times. Like he didn't do much. Mm-hmm. He kind of just let everyone around him do everything. But I liked the idea of him being Gordon. So if they can give him more to do, mm-hmm. I think it would work. I think the bar is really high with the last Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, Gary um, from Dark this Knight. Is, this is no Gary Oldman. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I I definitely recommend him in the future. Yeah. Um. In this specific film, not great, but mm-hmm. I liked him. So. Yeah, I I think you kind of agree with that. Like you like the idea of him playing it. Well, the the only thing I really like about the script, um, is the way that it it develops and shows us the relationship between Gordon and Batman. Like we we do mm-hmm. see they're they're an actual partnership. Um, yeah more so than than batman and gordon was in in the you know nolan trilogy but i just i honestly didn't get too much from jeffrey wright playing gordon he didn't stand out to me like like gary oldman playing gordon if if that makes sense um yeah i mean like he didn't have any like key features or anything that like really stood out like mannerisms or um acting choices that he took mm-hmm. he, was, he was just like okay yeah it's it's fine he's serviceable like He's a, he he does the job. Um, I I miss the I miss I guess I just miss Gary Oldman like playing Gordon. He did such a good job. Yeah. And if we got kind of shafted with J.K. Simmons. Like we only see him for like three minutes, and we'll never know. That would have been <clears throat> a good one as well to see going forward. Yeah. Um, um. What else you got? Anything else before we we give it the final scoring? Yeah, I mean, it's getting a little bit late. Let's uh, try to wrap this up. Um, okay. I kind of wanted to touch, though, on um, so like rewatchability. Where would you put this as far as, like, is this even going to be a go-to for you? For, for me? you want to watch some Batman? No, it's not. And it, I think it's... it'll have to be at least a few years for me to pry it open again so that it like yeah. is fresh. But even then, I feel like as soon as I hit play, I'm going to be like, <laughs> all right, that's where they're going with this. Where yeah, going to do that. like skip, I'll, skip, skip. there's specific scenes. Scene. Yeah, there's specific scenes that I'll probably like want to watch, like like the interrogation scene of of, of of Bruce and and Riddler. Um, I really like scenes like that, but I I really I just don't see myself dedicating three hours of my time to this movie over and over again, like I would the same way Batman or Superman or The Dark Knight Rises. To me. Yeah. It, it's like a one or two and done type of movie. Like there's some memorable moments here and there, but it's just, it's the whole combination is not worthy enough to be seen multiple viewings. In my opinion, like I would definitely recommend everyone seeing it once and formulate your opinions about it. You like it, you hate it, whatever you're in between, but I wouldn't recommend multiple viewings on this 
even if you're a diehard Batman fan. Like there's some cool moments. Sure. There's some Arkham game style fights that should be shot. Well, like better. we said, just look them up on YouTube. <laughs> right. Um, but outside of that, it's just, it's not memorable. And that's really disappointing because this is the what sixth different Batman we've had or whatever. And I feel like with each one, there's, there's some pretty memorable things. Like I would go back and watch Batman returns. I would go back and watch the original Batman and they're not three hours long for one. There's enough things in there to make it like a memorable movie for two. And then the acting carries it like Jack Nicholson's Joker. Like that's worth watching the original Batman for watching Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer. Like those are enough reasons to watch Batman returns. Um, mm-hmm. The dark Knight trilogy and any one of those movies I would watch over and over again. I've seen them yeah. so many times and there's new things I pick up like every time I watch them and like the story just stays consistently good. Batman vs Superman. I will always defend that movie, the ultimate edition, of course. Um, I find myself going back like that's three hours long. It's three hours and five minutes. I find myself going back to watch that pretty frequently and it doesn't feel like a drag. It doesn't feel like a bore. I'm never checking the time. Um, Zack Snyder's, uh, Snyder's Justice League. I've seen that movie like five times already. It's four hours long. Psycho. <laughs> and this movie, I've seen it twice. I don't know when's the next time I'm going to see it again. I have no desire to. I'm not excited about it. Like I like Robert Pattinson as Batman. I like how tortured and nihilistic he is, but it's not enough to get me to watch the movie again. That's the problem I have with this. And um, I'll I'll just lead into my score here. I, when I first saw this in theaters, I I gave it like a eight out of 10, maybe. Okay. Initial reaction. Pretty hype. And yeah. Um, but I, I did have some problems with it. And like, after I left the theater, after giving my, my initial score, I was like, I think after watching again, I'll, I'm going to change this. Watched it again yesterday. And I originally wrote down seven out of 10. I dropped it by one. But now that we've talked about it more, I've had more time to let it fester. I think I'm going to drop this to Uh-oh. a six. This is going to be a six. Out of 10. Yeah, it's six out of hey, 10 what, for me. What was your, what about for comedy? Would, would you rate that? <laughs> There's no comedy. <laughs> zero um about you yeah i think i'm right on par with you i think fuck actually uh, wait if i'm gonna change it five out of ten it's oh this this conversation really like affected sometimes when you just you talk about it it just really helps you like cement your thoughts on the movie and i i can't i can't really in in good faith give it above a five out of ten I think if we were to break it down and say, like, Batman being Batman, I could give it an 8 out of 10, maybe. Uh, Writing-wise, 2 out of 10, definitely. Mm -hmm. Cinematography, all that stuff, definitely 8, maybe even 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. But then just combining it into one picture, like you said. Like, you watch it for the very first time, you could easily give this an 8. But the more you think about it and sit on it, I'd say 6. Mm-hmm. probably maybe even five all right six or five you gotta lock it in five and a half okay five and a half <laughs> yeah there's it's just it's just not memorable enough like the good moments which the great moments there are great moments in this movie do not there, there's not enough weight there for me to sit down for three hours to watch the entire film it's just it's not 
It's not worth it. And another thing that we kind of glossed over, we didn't really talk about too much, but this also adds to my opinions on it is I didn't really care about most of the story, like the Riddler's motivations. I really didn't give a shit. It wasn't interesting. Like no more lies, no more politicians doing politician stuff. Like everyone's corrupt. Like how many times have we seen this before? Do something original. I did not care about the mystery at all. Like how, how did you feel about the, the Riddler's motivations and like the riddles he was doing and his whole mission? yeah i feel like it wasn't backed up enough like we didn't like they tried to shoehorn all his backstory about like also being an orphan and like all this crap and i just don't know if it was warranted enough and it was kind of just like a kid acting out Mm -hmm. so not not a fan no all right i like the idea of them trying to do a different villain than the joker but I think they could have pulled something better. Yeah. But of course they did have to fall back and bring the Joker in anyways. Ugh. Got a shoehorn him in there. Yeah. So would you recommend this to, to anyone to watch? Oh, of course. If, especially for a first time, you have to watch it. It's Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what about but just like I'd... fans of Batman, comic book fans, or just like the general public? Who would you recommend it to? I think general public even more so because they could probably get away with not noticing things as more. Um, and I'd especially recommend it to anyone watching it on streaming because then you have the ability to like pause, come back and all that stuff. But I would feel like uh, if I paused it, I just wouldn't come back. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would definitely recommend to anyone. Okay. All right, so that's that's it. I gave it a five. You gave it five and a half. And man, I just want to say that's very surprising. Like I remember watching the first trailer for this. I was I was really hyped up. I was like, this looks really good. I'm really sad about Ben Affleck not being Batman anymore. But if this is going to be the detective noir story that we think we're going to get in this like Zodiac mm-hmm. killer style, you know, villain. This has potential to be the best Batman we've seen. And I did yeah. not think that I, I would ever rate it a five out of 10. It's so disappointing to me. And I don't know, like, you know, if Matt Reeves releases a sequel, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to go in with hype. I'm not going to go in with high expectations. I'm going to, I'm going to have my reservations about it and just have really low expectations. And hopefully I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'm pleasantly surprised, but I, I've never been like this meh, this just like not caring about Batman in a very long time since George Clooney's yeah. rubber nipples. And <laughs> even that's a good film. Yeah. Even that, like there's reasons you would watch it, you know, like I would slap it. I would just watch Arnold do his thing, you know, but there's, I just can't find any reasons to sit for three hours through this movie. I can't, you know, I, I can't defend it. So, yeah. So, as always, um, leave a comment. Let us know what you want us to do next. Please interact with us. Leave a like, review, all that good stuff. Try to get us up on the uh, social medias and, you know, get us up there. Yeah. Interact um, with us on Twitter and, and Instagram and uh, Facebook and stuff. 
Yeah, who knows? We'll probably do some uh, supernatural next. Um, yeah, get get back to it. We got to knock out season one. We're we're getting pretty close. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, as always, stay sexy and stay scary. Stay sexy. God know. damn it, Brandon. <laughs> Edit it's, it in post. I don't stay know. scary and stay sexy. There we go. Do it so well. <laughs> Ancient. Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? I'm vengeance.